Welcome to Asbury United Methodist Church. My name is Pastor Will. Thanks for joining our podcast. This is where you'll be able to find all of our sermons, as well as special devotionals and interviews. We hope these messages inspire hope and bring support as you grow on your journey of faith. If you have any questions, or if you want further conversation, or if you simply like what you hear, connect with Asbury through our Facebook page or by checking our website at asburymaitland.org. to see you all. My name is Erwin Lopez. I'm the campus minister at the University of Central Florida, and it's an honor to preach this morning. Um, I'm also Chris's friend. We went to seminary together. Uh, we went to Duke together. He's a year younger than me in, in school, but um, yeah, he was uh, always one of, a very smart student. He helped me get through my theology paperwork and ordination, even though he was a year uh, below me, um, and he has been a colleague of, of mine since 2010. No, since 2007, we've been together in ministry in one form or another, so it's an honor to be here today. He's never come preach at Wesley, though. Uh, yeah, it's all right. I know, I never asked you. I never asked you. You need to come, maybe for a retreat, one of our retreats or something. All right, cool. I wanted to first say thank you so much to Asbury United Methodist Church because your church is one of our biggest financial supporters in our ministry, and so you guys should just clap for each other because this has been a big help for us. Your church is, I'm telling you, out of all the United Methodist churches in the East Central District in the Florida Conference, your church is at the top of financial supporters for Wesley, so we greatly depend on your support, and we're so thankful for it. And, and I also wanted to say that I think it's great that your church is talking about money. Um, it's not a very exciting topic, right? So... This sermon is not going to be the funniest thing in the world, right? Or it's not going to be the most exciting thing about the world. When was the last time you and your wife or your husband talked about money or your friends? How did the conversation go? It was a little tense. How was it? Some of y'all laughing over here and it's like, okay. But I'm very happy that we're talking about money and that we're having a serious conversation about money because we do this in our Wesley Foundation too. We talk to students about money because it's important. And a lot of them are going to, I tell them, you're going to make a lot of money when you graduate from here. We have a lot of engineers who come through the Wesley Foundation, and within a year, they're already into their careers, and they're, making, they're buying houses, and so I teach them these same principles, earn all you can, save all you can, and give all you can. They haven't quite figured out the giving part yet, but they've done a good job of the, of the latter of the, of the two, so I'm glad we're talking about money, um, and I want to read this scripture. I also want to read this quote that has really shaped the way that I think about money, and it's a quote from Facundo Cabral, and he's an Argentinian folk singer. I don't know if you know who he is, but he's one of my favorite singers, um, and he takes this quote from either Francis Assisi or Francis of Assisi or St. Augustine. We don't know who it's from, but it's a Spanish quote, and it, it says this. It says, deseo poco. It's going to be up on the screen in a second. Deseo poco, y lo poco que deseo, lo deseo Poco. And that means that I wish for little. And the little that I wish for, I wish for it a little. Okay? Deseo poco, y lo poco que deseo, lo deseo poco. Amen? Amen, amen. All right. Keep that on your mind. And keep this scripture in your mind too. Luke 16. 
verses 1 through 15. It's the scripture that John Wesley used to preach a sermon on the use of money. And it goes like this. Jesus told his disciples, There was a rich man whose manager was accused of wasting his possessions. So he called him in and asked him, What is this I hear about you? Give an account of your management, because you cannot be manager any longer. The manager said to himself, What should I do now? My master is taking away my job. I'm not strong enough to dig, and I'm ashamed to beg. I know what I'll do, so that when I lose my job here, people will welcome me into their houses. So he called in each one of his master's debtors. He asked the first, how much do you owe me? How much do you owe my master? 900 gallons of olive oil, he replied. The manager told him, take your bill, sit down quickly, and make it 450. He gave him that 50% off discount, you know? Then he asked the second one, how much do you owe? A thousand bushels of wheat, he replied. He told him, take your bill and make it 800. The master commended the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly. I thought shrewdly meant cheap, but it doesn't. It means wise. It means wise. For the people of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own kind than are the people of the light. I tell you, and this right here is a verse that John Wesley focused on, but I wanted you to read the entire parable. But this is a verse that he used, he exegeted to preach his sermon on the youth. Verse 9. I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourselves, so that when it is gone, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. What an interesting verse, right? What an interesting verse that God would commend that, to use worldly wealth to gain friends. That seems kind of wrong, right? <laughs> that seems kind of wrong. But we're going to get into it, and hopefully this scripture will come to light. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will, you, who will trust you with true riches? And if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And the Pharisees who loved money heard all this and were sneering at Jesus. He said to them, You are the ones who justify yourselves in the eyes of others. But God knows your hearts. What people value highly is detestable in God's sight. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Will you pray with me? Lord, we ask that you would bring to light the power of this scripture and the power of John Wesley's words. And I pray, Lord, that we would leave this place encouraged, challenged, but through that challenge be able to bless a lot of people, a lot of generations. And I pray, Lord, that you would use me as your vessel this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
I want to give you a little roadmap of what we're going to do today. I want to do a little bit of personal reflections on the phrase, save all you can. And then what I want to do is I just want to teach you what John Wesley taught on the verse, save all you can, on the phrase, save all you can. Raise your hand if you ever read the sermon, The Use of Money. Okay, <laughs> Pastor Chris is the only one. Okay, okay. So good. That's a good sign because this will be new information for you. Um, so as I reflected on the phrase, save all you can, and as I reflected on the fact that I'm preaching this to Asbury United Methodist Church, um, I first thought to myself, what is one of the youngest people in the room going to teach people later in their career about saving money, right? Or people who are retired about saving money. Because if you haven't saved money, it might be too late. It's too late. It's too late. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's never too late. It's never too late. But now that I'm getting older and now that I have kids, as a, as a young man, and especially as a son of immigrants, this is very important that we learn how to save money because now I'm seeing it from a different perspective. Now that I have kids, and since my father just recently passed away, I reflected on the fact of what has my father left for me? What legacy has he left for me? Because he didn't really leave me anything financial. I don't have a house. I don't have a home that he left me. He left me just a t-shirt, a real, a real funny t-shirt. And then I reflected on the fact that, you know what my father gave me? The legacy that he left in my life? He brought me to the United States of America. And that is something that you just can't put money on. Right? Amen? And so the fact that I'm able to live here and I have these opportunities, I see it as my responsibility to take my generation to the next level. To take my generation and build generational wealth as best as I can with the little money that I have. So it's very important that as young people and as older people, not only do we save money, but also as older people that we teach people how to save money so that we can build generational wealth and we can bless people and we can help people get out of poverty. Amen? So as a United Methodist, this is crucial. This is crucial because we believe in personal holiness and we believe in social holiness. And so if you are the kind of person who has saved money, thank you so much on behalf of your kids because sometimes your kids don't be thanking you for anything, right? So thank you on behalf of your kids. But I feel like now it's our time and it is a church's responsibility to teach the next generation how to save money. And the church's call, I especially feel, their call is to help low-income communities learn how to handle money so that we can help people get out of poverty. So today's lesson will be a thank you to those who have saved money, will be new tools for you who already know how to save money so that you can teach others how to save money, and we're going to dig deep into what John Wesley said. Amen? All right, so I'm just going to go straight into what John Wesley said and give you a little bit of background. John Wesley preached this sermon in, in the 18th century in England. And this sermon that he preached to the Methodists, I see it very similar to the way that Paul left a letter to the Corinthians. Well, John Wesley left a letter about money to the Methodists. And this is how we were, are supposed to handle money. And John Wesley, I'm sure you knew this, and if you could find this out in a book called The Poor and the People Called Methodists, called Methodist, Wesley had a lot of money. He did. He saved a lot of money, and he blessed people with the money that he had. He opened up orphanages and hospitals, and he did. And the reason why we're here, likely, is because of the money that he saved. 
So we're talking about a, a man who not only had a lot of money, who not only did a lot of good with a lot of money, but a lot of Methodists became Methodists <laughs> because of Wesley's economic theology. There were poor people that once they became Methodists, because of what they learned about money and how to handle money, got out of poverty themselves. Poor people. And so it was a, it was a benefit, a financial benefit to be a Methodist. Isn't that interesting? Because they would teach them how to save money. And so that's the church's responsibility, to continue this tradition, to continue teaching this. So... He blessed so many people. His theology was part of the reason why people became, his financial theology was part of the people why people became money. And so at the end of the day, Wesley was shrewd. He was shrewd, like the parable in this story. And the word shrewd means wise, mindful, thoughtful, intelligent. And I like the word shrewd also means Prudent-wise, which is a perfect way to describe Wesley. Prudent-wise to me means wise, but kind of angry. <laughs> you know what I mean? Wise, but kind of kind of rude, right? And so when I preach, he was kind of like the Dave Ramsey of his time, right? And so when I preach John Wesley today, I'm really trying to translate a man who honestly will not make it in today's political correct culture, which is political correct culture is not all bad. But he wouldn't make it today because of how, how aggressive he was with his teaching, right? Amen? Amen. So we're going to try to, it's like me translating for my grandparents sometimes, you know what I mean? Like, going to tone it down a little bit, like, right? So let's get to what Wesley says about money because he says, the way that we can save money is by working on the inner self. That's what he says. The most important way we can save money is by working on our temptations, on the things that trigger us, and the things that pull us, and the things that change us, and the things that are difficult to overcome. And he says we must overcome the temptations that lie within us. And he says there are three temptations that we have to overcome. The first one, he says, is the desires of the flesh. We must overcome the desires of the flesh and if we do a good job of that, we will be saving a lot of money. What do you think the desires of the flesh was? Take a guess. You can just scream it out. It's okay. We do this at Wesley. I'm normal to it. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Drinking. Okay. <laughs> good, 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 good. That's a good one. Yes, yes and no. Yes and no. But he specifically focused on food. Food. Desires of the flesh was tied for Wesley to food. He did say, of course you shouldn't get drunk. He said that. Of course, you know, we should be careful of how much we eat, of course. But he says, we should avoid eating to the point that we, we get sick. Avoid that. Avoid eating so much food and drinking so much drink that it impairs our judgment. He says, eat just enough. Not too much. Don't spend too much money on food, and you'll save money. And this makes total sense. We are a generation that spends a lot of money on food. Amen? Y'all are going to go eat 
out right after this, right? And I want to come too, you know, invite me too. But we can save money by eating out less, by eating less, and John Wesley says, and by being content with what plain nature requires. What plain nature provides is what he says. I'm Latin, so this is very difficult for me. I love food. I love food. To honor the way that I, to honor God with the way that I eat. And so I want to just give you a little practical example of how I've saved money with food. I hope that will be helpful. I've been studying a chef who says that we should buy the best food that we can afford. And I realize that the best food that I can afford is vegetables. <laughs> because for a little while there, I was eating ribeyes. And I'm like, I can't afford this. I can't afford this. And so on the other side, too, is I've been asking myself, who do I support, specifically when I go buy food? And so I was learning about farmer's markets. And I know you guys are like, boring. I told you, it's not going to be an exciting sermon. But I was learning about farmer's markets. And did you know when you go to a farmer's market, you support a farmer with your dollar, 90 cents of your dollar goes to the farmer. When you go to the grocery store, 10% of your dollar goes to the farmer. And so I realized, okay, I want to bless God with the way I use my money, and I want to bless God, honor God with what I eat. And so what I've been doing is buying more vegetables. <laughs> There's some vegetarians here like, amen, amen. Buying more vegetables, and I still buy ribeyes, but my family will share one ribeye. And we're eating less meat. We're eating less meat and more high-quality vegetables. And so we're saving money. We're eating good, too, because these are high-quality foods. And we're honoring God. I think Wesley will be proud. What do you think? Yeah? So step one to saving money. Don't spend so much money on food. Research shows that we're going out to eat about five days a week. Five days a week. And we should only be spending about 10 to 15% of our money on food, according to researchers. Wouldn't be very popular today. And, and please know, this is not about body shaming. This is not about body shaming. And the scripture is tough because it, it talks to us about food and what we should eat. But it's about self-control. It's about self-control. A Christian virtue that God teaches us. Save your money. <laughs> Save your soul. Okay. That's step one. Don't go out to eat too much. Okay. Step two. Do not gratify the desires of the eye, is what John Wesley says. Be careful with the desires of the eye. And some of y'all look at me like, don't do it. Don't do it. But what Wesley is referring to is expensive clothes. Listen, I grew up in Miami, all right? So I wanted Jordans and all the new stuff. I'm still struggling with this. And it reminds me of my grandmother in Venezuela. She would say, why do we have so much clothes if we only have one body, right? 
So Wesley says, if you want to save money, be careful with expensive clothes, expensive furniture, things that are beautiful to the eye, paintings, books, gildings, which I don't even know what gildings are. This is some kind of English term must be. And I love what Twitter says. Twitter says, the road to bankruptcy is paid with good deals. Have you heard that before? Good deals. Amen? Wesley says, don't do this. Let your neighbor do this. That's what he says. <laughs> Avoid things that are beautiful to the eye that don't have long-term use. And this is so practical today. Avoid buying expensive clothes. And for me, you know, I feel like I need a new shirt every semester. A new pair of shoes every semester. My students can't see me with the same shirt, right? But it's about humbling ourselves. And it's this idea, too, that we get caught up in is that if we buy nice things, we'll look nice. Our, our homes will look nice. But Wesley says it's about the heart. It's about the character. That's what matters. Step two, be careful with the desire of the eye. Step three, he says, do not gratify the pride of life. Do not gratify the pride of life. He says, do not buy anything to gain the admiration of others, to gain the praise of others. And he says that the reason why we buy such expensive food we buy such expensive clothes and we buy all this stuff. It's not for us, he says. It's for others. It's vanity. And that's why he focuses on the character. He says, don't focus on the outward appearance. Focus on your heart. Because people will like you if you're poor, if you're a nice person. <laughs> right? It's better that you're nice. People will speak good of you, not because of the money that you have, but because of your integrity. Focus on godly character, on pleasing God. And I love this because it's freeing. And what Wesley's essentially saying is, you don't have to prove yourself to anybody. To anybody. Just God. Just the people who love you. People who are close to you. This famous Christian one says, if you live for people's acceptance, you'll die from their rejection. So say no once in a while. And Wesley's deep because he keeps going. And he says, be careful with these three things. Because if you try to please the flesh with food, if you try to please the eye with beauty, and if you try to please others in your pride by pleasing others, the more you feed these things, the more it will grow within you, Wesley says. To gratify them is to increase them. You will never please the stomach. You will never please the eye. And you will never please people, is what he says. So save your money. Save your soul. <laughs> save your money. Save your soul. And why would you invest in a bank account that only takes money out? Metaphorically. He says you might as well take your money and throw it in the ocean. That's what he says. And now for a piece of advice from John Wesley that your children may not want to hear. All right? And it's interesting that John Wesley gives us advice because he's never had any kids. So take this with a grain of salt, all right? There's a lot of wisdom here, though. Wesley says, step four, don't spoil your children. Look at y'all writing that down. <laughs> Too late, right? I'm blamed to blame for this. He says, don't be the kind of person who thinks they can't leave their children enough money. He says, you can leave your children too much money, he says. 
He says, the idea that you can't leave your children enough money also comes from a place inwardly that is seeking to desire the flesh, the eye, or pride. And he says, remember that your children and your family will learn from your struggles. They will watch you. So the best way to teach your children to not overspend is by not overspending. The best way to teach your children to not overspend on food is by not overspending on food. The best way to teach your children to not love stuff is to not love stuff. The best way to teach your children to not show up for people is by not showing up for people. Because those children will one day be in charge of your money and they'll spend it all. <laughs> That's what John Wesley said. Amen? Some of y'all are those children who spend all your father's monies, right? <laughs> but again, he says, I realize I don't have any kids, John Wesley says. But if I did have kids, the one who is responsible with money. I would give the majority of money to my, the child who is responsible with money. That's how I'm going to save my money. Right? He says, I can't practice self-control my entire life and then give my money to somebody who has no self-control. And he says, and the rest of the money that I'll have, I'll give it to the rest of my family. I'll give it to the rest of my kids. But I will give them just enough money to help them keep up with their current way of living. Because if I give my kids more money than they know what to do with, they'll likely lose it. So I'll give them just enough. And then he says, if all my kids are terrible with money, give it to the church. <laughs> Actually, he says, use it for the glory of God. Use it for the glory of God. Because as the parable says, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. I went to my friend's 66th birthday party the other day, and I said, Scott, what's on your bucket list? And he said, I want to create something. I want to build something that will help people come to know Jesus Christ. And I said, are you just saying that because the pastor is here? And he said, no, I want to use my money for good. And I think that's the goal. That's the goal for us, to save as much money as we can so that we can bless our family and bless others with it. Amen? I hope this has been helpful for you as we read John Wesley. This is John Wesley's sermon. This is what all those sermons that you hear, earn all you can, save all you can, are based off. These principles right here. And I want to let you know that I am proud to be a United Methodist. Because the United Methodist Church has educated me, a first-generation son of immigrants, has educated me on money and has given me an opportunity to bless my family with money now. I don't have a lot of it, but the little bit that I have, the church has taught me to keep try to keep. It's been a blessing to be United Methodist Church in, one, in more than one ways. So let's live this out. And remember, let's teach this to others so that the younger generation will know how to do this for the glory of God and for the sake of the world. Let us pray. Lord, I want to thank you so much for an opportunity to teach about money, and, and I want to thank you so much, Lord, because 
Hopefully this message that John Wesley preached, that he got from the scriptures, that teaches how to be shrewd, that teaches how to be responsible managers of the possessions and the gifts that God has given us, hopefully this will change people's lives and it will change generations that come after us. Lord, I, I recall the, the story of a, of a student who graduated and was able to afford his first house because of the money his grandfather saved for him. And I pray, Lord, that today we will be inspiring a generation, a group of people who will be that grandfather, who will save so that they can bless the church, bless their family, and do good in this world, Lord. And it's tough because our flesh, we love food, we're constantly thinking people, we have to please people, and we love to stuff, Lord, and we love beautiful things. Humble us like Jesus Christ. Humble us like Wesley to do good in this world with the gifts that you give us, with money. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.